0: The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe to PWOM now to enjoy other fine podcasts talking wrestling of the past, the present, and much, much more. Let's start the show.
1: It's been a long time coming. I'm coming back for you, my friend. A hunter's
0: move. Greetings, traveler. Who am I? Perhaps you've met me twixt sleep and wake in the penumbra of uncertainty you call unconsciousness, or perhaps you've met me at a book signing. I'm your host, the Fright Honorable Dave Ryan, I'm I'm joined. As I am every week, by the spookiest co host in the biz. It's spooky Lee Malone. Lee, how are you? Fucking hell. <laughs> I should have called you stabber Lee Malone. You,
1: you should have. Slasher. <laughs> yeah. It was all there, you know. It was easy stuff. Um yeah. You could have warned me you were doing that intro
0: because now you've just you've just kind of <laughs> blown my mind already and the show has peaked. <laughs> yeah. Deep references for the those watching closely that I, that I won't reveal on the show, but uh yeah we're back, buddy. Uh, this this is a special episode, by the way. You'll have noticed by the, the the episode title. This is our Halloween special. Um, so it's a bit more relaxed vibe. Um, like our, our other movie reviews. And um, before we get into what we're talking about, you should say it's relaxed, but it's not Jim Ross Cannabis Farm relaxed. No, nothing is that relaxed. Um, we actually were talking just beforehand About Jim Ross's cannabis farm And uh, we are definitely not experts in the field By any stretch of the imagination But uh, we're looking for people If you know of already existing strains of weed That bear <laughs> uh, references to Jim Ross Because I would said surely Surely, you know, with all his catchphrases Somebody has named a strain of weed after him Somebody has definitely gotten high on Bowling Show yeah yeah for sure i wonder is is he doing it like he's like obviously he's moved to jacksonville now so he must be basing it out of florida because like i i, I thought, do not I said Oklahoma. oh really yeah, yeah. so he's like he's like pitching up a cannabis farm in norman yeah excellent that's great stuff him and the
1: cowboy gonna get high and reminisce yeah
0: boomer stoner my friend <laughs> um yeah hey um, peek behind the curtain. Uh, we had recorded a batch of episodes together, so this is like the first time we've seen each other's faces in nearly a month. Is it a month? It's probably like it's it's because we had two in the can and one go, so it's at least four weeks. Oh, fuck, it is. Yeah, Jesus. How have you been? <laughs> so busy, I didn't realize
1: it's been a month since you recorded.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, normally we talk on the re- like, yeah. we would kind of DM each other regularly, uh, message each other like most days yeah. about different stuff. And we're in a few group chats together, so we're usually constantly in contact. But, like, we've both been so slammed with work that it's just like, thank God we had those episodes in yeah, the can, man. God, we
1: definitely would have missed a week or two if we hadn't, because. Between your work, between my work,
0: between your life and my life, it's just been fucking crazy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it has been pretty hectic. It's been hard for me to get into spooky season, which is one of my favourite seasons that we're going to talk a little bit about because I have been so busy. Um, I went to one of the finer spots in Ireland yesterday. Um, My work took me there over to Galway on the west coast of Ireland. I love
1: Galway, great city.
0: Holy shit, what a, what a city. What, like, what a great city, not only for, like, it looks nice, you know, like, the Latin Quarter Mm -hmm. and stuff in there. Like, it's just really pretty. All the shop fronts are really kind of unique-looking, and, you know, it's a medieval city, and there's still medieval walls Mm -hmm. up everywhere. But, like, something that I don't think about enough is what a great food city.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think, like, I've never really thought
0: of it that way, yeah. Mm. Like, so, usually when I'm there i i go to like a fish and chip shop because they catch the fish straight out of galway bay Mm -hmm. and you you have to like when you're beside a bay you have to have seafood because you're never getting it nicer than Mm -hmm. when it's caught like that day or the previous day um right there in the area um this time though i was with a slightly pickier group of people young people with my my work so they it was kind of part of their whole you're taking this on your initiative and you're going to Price and pick the places we go um so they brought me as their their chaperone to a place-'cause there's all like there's pasta paste places and there's Asian street food and things like that and they brought us to a burger place okay I was like you know i I like you know Lee from the amount of wrestling shows we've gone to in the past we can pound down burgers oh, yeah. with the best of them no no bad burgers. Yeah, not a foreign language to us at all, but this place is called Burger Story. Okay. Um, And I'd walked past it before in the couple of times I'd been to Galway, and holy shitly, I had a, uh, what was it? A Chipotle and maple chicken burger. Okay. And it was elite. It was... Oh my god, it was so good. It was like, do you know when the spice and the sweet is balanced so perfectly that it if it were like even five percent hotter, you wouldn't be able to feel your lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like the perfect amount of hot that it was nice and digestible and there's like that little kick of sweet as well. It was oh shout out Burger Story in Galway, my friend. So it's getting the highest recommendation then. Yeah, it's get it's getting two thumbs up from this guy, um, I gotta <laughs> say. Um God, there was actually something... Oh, somebody mentioned something wrestling-related that was like, oh, I must mention that on the podcast, what are the young people did. Um, I, I do know, with a lot of surprise quite frequently, like, it's so different to when I was growing up that, like, the young people... So I would work with young people from about 12 to 19 mm. at the moment. And the... Let's just say it doesn't bode well for the future of the industry how few of them ever mention it. Yeah. Now, I wonder, in that age group, are they at the age kind of like I was in secondary school, where except with a small group of friends, I was too ashamed to say it?
1: Yeah, that that's quite possible.
0: I yeah. I would be more inclined to say none of them watch it. Yeah, like, I've, so, I know, I think there was like, there's a couple of them that have talked to me before that know of AEW, mm. uh, because I sometimes wear my, my new punk shirt, uh to work and they've noticed that i tend to do like one of the things about uh, that i always kind of say to people i'm training in and stuff like that is like always um dress with like what you're doing in mind, like don't come in in a suit and tie, entire mm. kind of work. But also, like I tend to wear all my t shirts that have like video game or pop culture references on them, because for gets them interested, um, lets them know what you're interested in, gets conversation Exactly, yeah. it's a point of communication because you know a lot of young people coming into new spaces are quite anxious and they don't want to talk necessarily to the adult in the room. And as much as I am younger than a lot of people in my field, um, and I, like i more conversational like that. They don't know that. So I kind of wear this stuff up front to let them know. So a couple of people have commented on AEW stuff. Um, what what Dave, is,
1: them- what Dave is trying to tell you is, is Dave is the guy that goes in,
0: puts the chair backwards and sits across yeah. the chair. Yeah. Oh, I very much have how do you do fellow kids <laughs> vibes uh, in work. But a couple of times it's worked out. It's really stroked my ego because the group that I brought yesterday only found out that I'm 32. They thought I was like 24. <laughs> and i was like i'll take that to the bank folks um I, and one of them during the summer from another group thought i was 19 ah get out of here get out of here no like i swear <laughs> to god that's what he said i don't i don't believe him but i i like when i think of like what i was like when i was 12 or 13 you've it was, no like, concept somebody of who age seemed, yeah. yeah somebody who's 19 was ancient to me do you know what I mean. So that's probably what it was, but I definitely took it like it was a real flattering compliment. I don't know how
1: familiar you are with uh, "Saved by the Bell." Yeah, but do you remember uh, Mr. Belding's brother came in as a teacher? Oh, vaguely. He was like the the cool teacher in the school for like a the whole cool. episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's
0: that. Yeah, that that that's Dave. Yeah, that's my vibe. That that's definitely my vibe. Um, yeah. So we're here. Um for a Halloween special, we're throwing our first um Days of Thunder uh Halloween party of sorts. Um and we thought a good tradition is like what is the most uh WCW adjacent horror franchise out there? And of course it's Scream. Well, there was and one other one. There was one other one. Um <laughs> but this one gives us a few years worth of content. Exactly. Um, at least, yeah. This gives us, because there's four movies and a TV show, and there is a fifth movie coming out in 2022. There um, is, yes. I, and I didn't realize, like, we'll talk about it in the course of this film, but there's, like, more than the one obvious link to wrestling in this movie that I, I had completely forgotten, but we'll get into it Um. We won't start just yet. Uh, I want to kick things off with two things. Firstly, listen to this, guys, for the ASMR factor. Oh, yes. For Halloween, the booze is back. (laughs) Uh, Lee, uh, for our first joint beers of thunder in a long time. In a long time, yeah. Yeah, what what have you got there? So I have, as I hold
1: this up to the camera so Dave can... See my wonderful uh Woodford Woodford Reserve, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey mm. Distiller Select. It's a yeah. one litre forty three point two mm. percent. And let me tell you, I'm drinking this straight because it is fucking delicious. Mm. You sent me a picture when you got it. I that. did. I was very jealous indeed. It is incredibly nice. I just see it doesn't tell you much about it. It's just it's a bourbon and
0: it's nice. Last weekend, anyone who would have uh, followed me on my personal Twitter account at The Day to Dave um, would have seen that I had quite a lot of whiskey cocktails last weekend. And it was the, the, the a fantastic...
1: Quite a sore head last weekend.
0: I was I was on the tear. I was like, between whiskey sours and old fashions, I was having a fucking unreal time. Although there was one, my, my partner, uh, she got Emma. She got a cocktail that is named after. it. There is like a slang term that is exclusive to the town I live in. You know, it is like real kind of colloquial slang. I've never heard this word used anywhere else. Um, this cocktail was called the Booty Man. The Booty Man. Booty. B o o d y. M a n. Um, not the uh not the Ed's Leslie. no, booty no. Man. uh no, not big brother booty no. um, I <laughs> anyway, look, if there was a big brother booty cocktail, I was gonna get that um <laughs> but yeah, the booty man, and it was like so like booty man is kind of like my town slang for fucking Egypt, basically, um is the the quickest way I can explain it, um, but the cocktail, like this was this seemed like poison, and at last to me was Whoa. a mixture of of gin. And port.
1: Why would Emma get that?
0: Just because, well, because it also had like um, blackcurrant. Okay. So she likes blackcurrant. So it was just like, and I had blackberries on a on a stick on top of it. Did, so she was just like, did she fall? Did it. she
1: fall over after drinking it? Because I can't imagine would things would
0: end well. In terms of strength, I I like just I had a mouthful, and I would say I could put down two maybe two and a half whiskey cocktails to one of them you yeah I mean? that, that's like how it, like you're talking to, it, it, it's it sounds like a potent powerful. mix it certainly was so i stuck to my whiskey cocktails but i had a grand old time but it's also given me the taste uh to get back on uh fall off the wagon but back on the the beers of thunder wagon um, and I've gone with my special occasion whiskey, which you know all too well, mm-hmm. Lee. The Jemison Distillery Edition. Let me tell you, folks, that bottle is getting empty. <laughs> it, is, it is, yeah. It is getting there. This is like, I've had a lot of special occasions in the last year. This is like, this was full at the start of lockdown. It was the one that I'm only taking. Yeah, this th-
1: yeah, th- This was the one I remember when he got it. He's like, yeah, no, this is special occasions only. Yeah.
0: Was it a wor- was I with you when I got it? No, 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 no. no, no you I showed you around. were showing it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm having that uh, with a bit of Pepsi because I'm just like I'm. I'm still getting back into the the whiskey thing, <laughs> so I, I don't want to take it neat just yet because this this will go. This is a loose, loosey goosey in terms of structure show, and it will go off what tracks it's on <laughs> if I get sauced. Um, so that's what we're doing, Lee. Um, we're obviously here to talk about Scream, we already mentioned it, um, but before we get into it, uh, in a topic that I think we talked about a little last Halloween, um, what do you like with horror movies? Like I know you've told me before you're not a big watcher of them, Um, is that just because like a lack of interest or are you easily spooked or what's your kind of background with them? I think it's... I am kind of easily spooked. Yeah, that'd be part of it. Lack of interest. I'm not a big fan of gore. Yeah. Um. It's just like uh, we'll, the same fucker we- is currently watching uh Perry Saturn get hit with plate glass. Yeah. <laughs> on his TV. Like, don't get me wrong. I can watch a death match, and I don't
1: necessarily yeah. like. Uh, you'll remember, like we we had um for a while a, a match club, and I think. I was the one that was sending the goriest of gore movies or uh, matches like Terry Funk, Sabu. Um, I can't remember. There was another one I recommended that was just like pure blood. <laughs> yeah. So don't get me wrong. like I'm not afraid of that kind of stuff. It's just mm. I don't have much interest in watching a movie for an hour and a half to see numerous ways of people being disemboweled. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. they need to be shoot injured. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. like in death matches. You, you don't you don't want this worked gore <laughs> Um
1: but yeah, no like I I prefer like uh like a thriller, like a good thriller, yeah. Hmm. A, a good deserved worked um jump scare. Yeah, I can enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like just death and gore and fucking Mindless violence for the sake of it—it eh, it just does not yeah. for me.
0: What's the what? Do you have an earliest memory of a horror movie? Either hearing about or watching. I really don't, which is
1: unusual because you think I would. Considering I don't watch them that often, um. Yeah. Now maybe something did spook me as a kid, and that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I do remember I went to see was it The Haunting, which wasn't a particularly
0: scary movie. Yeah. As a kid and just not enjoying it. Yeah. So that might, yeah, that might be. Like, I, I'm trying to think back to mine. And it's like, I think the first horror movie I heard of was Scream. Because Scream came out like around the sim, time I started it? primary yeah. school. Um, So, like, that might be the first one I heard of. In terms of watching, like, maybe it was Alien which is funny I wouldn't consider Alien horror necessarily Like it, it's weird Like in my yeah. head Like
1: what i consider Horror and
0: not horror You know Yeah There's And that's the thing Is like there's so Because it's also A sci-fi yeah. movie And there's so many Different ways That horror splinters now Because like I would I would be in the Like I I've said it before On the show Like I love horror movies mm. Like you read a bit I think I've watched About 25 of them This month um, Which is insane to me That I hadn't That I hadn't seen before Um and, yeah, just love the genre. And I would go so far as to say, like, I'd go, ah, Scream is more of a slasher movie than a horror movie to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that, that's the way I go on it. Um, so it's interesting to get those two perspectives going in. Um, yeah, I, like, just a big fan all the way growing up to now. Like, I'm looking back at my letterbox from this last month, and I am just, like, you know, I'm watching some of the classics again. Like, I rewatched Hellraiser this month which is just like you wouldn't like it at all <laughs> if you've never seen it before because you know you're talking about not liking gore this is not the film for you um but i rewatched some of the classics like that uh but then i rewatched like some weird stuff there's like a, a netflix of horror called shudder it's only like a five or a month that i signed up mm. for for spooky season uh and i gotta say maybe the highlight there's some actual good stuff like the hellraiser films are on there and, and stuff like that there's some classics but I wanted to watch some weird stuff I'd never seen before. And the best movie I watched this month, I talked about it on my other podcast uh, in terms of like a weird concept, is a movie called Slacks, S-L-A-X-X. And <laughs> Lee, that is a movie about a pair of haunted jeans. <laughs> Did I don't know if the screen has frozen or you just lost all respect Did- <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> instantly what comes to mind is the treehouse of horror and uh snakes haunted uh hair transplant onto homer
0: yeah it's very much that idea it's a uh, what it's, year like, was this movie this... made uh let me find out here it was made in it was last year <laughs>
1: oh my god it was definitely influenced by the simpsons i don't care what anyone yeah. says
0: so it's in this like trendy uh hipster boutique Uh, That's having like a super exclusive merch drop of this new range uh, of jeans and one of them has become possessed. Oh, it's only one of them. It's not the whole range. Uh, I don't want to spoil, you know, deep slacks spoilers, uh, but it's like it's the right amount of because this is is the thing. Um, Much like wrestling, I have a similar rule with horror movies. Uh, either be so good that it's really memorable and it sits with me for a long time. Like this month, I watched The Babadook for the first time, which was fucking awesome. Mm. And that will sit with me for a long time. So either be that end of the scale or be so fantastically bad and campy and lean into it that it's just ridiculous. And let me tell you, Slacks delivers on that. Um, so
1: what, you, what you're saying to me is you want your horrors or slashes or whatever you want to say... To either be the Brian Danielson of of movies or the yep. Daniel Bryan Wrestling a Bear of movies.
0: Yes, 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 absolutely. That is the comparison I will make. Um so yeah, that brings us to talking about Scream, um, which came around in nineteen ninety six. Was it 97 I thought it was ninety seven? Oh, it might have been 97. Uh, I might have been looking at... No, them.
1: I'm probably wrong. Don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm probably wrong. Uh, let me just uh, throw this up here. Uh, no, 19- 1996. Okay. So they did year on year where Scream came out in 96 and Scream 2 came out straight away in 97 then. Ah. Um. So this movie came from Wes Craven. And do you know much about Wes Craven, my friend?
1: He is a... Big horror director I believe The Hills Have
0: Eyes Was his most famous Pre-Scream So He is known For The Hills Have Eyes The Last House On the Left And for a lot of people Their favourite one Nightmare on Elm Street Ah Of course I will Forget that one yeah. So he was like Not only a master of horror But arguably Between him and John Carpenter's Halloween Maybe one of the Progenitors of the Slasher movie Um And I don't know if you know much about like where horror was in the early to mid nineties, uh, Lee. But B movies, the genre. <laughs> huh? B movies—that's where it was. Yeah, the genre, like as a box office commodity, was essentially dead. Mm. Um, it kind of—it's funny because it, it, you know, you. It sounds like an argument you could make nowadays, where within the genre of horror like pretty much every major release was like the umpteenth sequel to a movie that had done well maybe 15 years beforehand so you were getting into like uh halloween's four and five or you were getting into like your friday the 13th part xyz Mm. or your you know i think the nightmare on elm Street franchise had been reimagined uh, you know, two or three different ways by the by this stage, so Ch- Chucky had like, had ke- fucking numerous movies. Yeah, God Almighty. Yeah, um, so like that's that's kind of where it was. And Scream comes out in nineteen ninety six and is, as we will talk about across this, is such a a quintessential like zeitgeist movie of the like that time and place. It's such a great snapshot. And it's done with a kind of, like, a campy enjoyment of horror movies, but also, like, a sincere love for them that uh, I think a lot of people feel completely revitalized the genre. So I think, like, any good horror movies I've enjoyed over the last God knows how many years, whether it's The Babadook or It Follows or anything like that, or even the weird stuff like Slacks, I think every one of those movies has a debt to scream because I don't think... The genre is what it is today mm. without um the shock to the heart that was that was scream um
1: uh, like again yeah. I'm like I said a couple of years older than you as I like to remind everyone
0: every now and again um and do you know what it really helps me when you remind me <laughs> <younger> you. <laughs> listen just because you're only nineteen um yeah but like yeah
1: I was a little bit older so I would have been like ninety six so you're talking I was would have been ten so. By the time it was getting big over here you're talking probably early ninety seven, so I just turned eleven. Um but like I can remember dressing up as Ghostface in it was either ninety seven yeah. or ninety eight, I can't remember which. Um And yeah, horror wasn't a thing for the longest time. Like I said, I have no memories of horror movies as a kid, but Scream was really the first one that hit my generation. Yeah. And, yeah, as, as soon as it became, like, a video release, I remember, right, yeah, fucking whatever it was, would have been 11, 12-year-olds sitting down, like, yeah, we're going to watch this, and watching yeah. it, and and I have to say, like, going back and watching it for the first time in, like I said, I'm not a horror fan, I don't rewatch really watch these movies, Yeah, I've watched it for the first time in God knows how many years, and forget the horror aspect, but forget any of the slasher stuff, this is just a damn good movie. I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: It was not only a damn good movie, but, like, yeah, for us 90s babies, it feels like it was just, God, it felt like putting on the comfortable pair of shoes that you forgot was at the back of your wardrobe. Like, it just felt like a familiar time. Do you know what? This this
1: is going to sound like such a weird comparison. But, do you know, like, I I love Clueless. Yeah. An absolutely great, quintessential mid-90s movie well early to mid-90s movie yeah and to me this is just like it's like a clueless book with a clear it just has so many moments that have been parodied copied yeah. fucking ridiculed prey like yeah. all of it and the movie it,
0: it's, it's so familiar in my mind but i haven't ever seen it in, in donkey's ears. yeah it's one of those movies like you know um you know, people always talk about how, like, The Simpsons ruined Citizen Kane on a generation mm. because, like, so much, so much Monty Burns stuff was taken from Charles Foster mm-hmm. Kane that, like, you, the first time you watch Kane, you think to yourself, "I have seen all this somewhere else," you know, and that's kind of what Scream is like, like you said, because it's been lampooned and and referenced and stuff in the like, the twenty odd years since, and because it was kind of. Like you said, you, you remember dressing up as Ghostface before you really had an understanding of the film. Mm. And, like, that face was so omnipresent oh. as a cultural icon. Um, But, yeah, I knew of Ghostface and I knew of Scream years before I saw it. Like, I remember, so I would have been six slash seven when this came mm. out. And... I remember going on a, on a school tour, I can't remember where we were going, but I remember us walking through the town I live in, so we were heading down, it might have been like the big school tour of the year, but we were going on somewhere with the school anyway, and you know you do like your buddy system walking down, um, so no one gets lost, and like it was me and another guy, and then two other guys behind us, and Scream was perceived to us seven year olds as being so cool, that all of us were trying to pretend like we saw it, and we're just oh, full yeah. on making shit up. L-
1: listen, I like I've an eight year old son. He insists to me that his friends have watched Squid Game, and I was like, "Yeah, listen, your friends have not watched Squid Game. They have uh, no, yeah. they have not. Nobody yeah. in your class, nobody
0: in your school has watched Squid Game." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know why I know that because there aren't a bunch of traumatized children walking around your school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but
1: it, I, and that, that's the thing that kids do. This, like, all right, right, I know you don't have an older sibling, but to, to the kids that are grown up have that older sibling or that, that neighbor that's a bit older that they look up to or they hang around like their, their friend has an older sibling. And you want to like the same things they like because that's what kids yeah.
0: do. Yeah.
1: And, like, again, like, having that older brother, like, he was the one that got me the ghost face. I, like, remember having the ghost face mask. Mm. Long time before Halloween. And like that, it would just it was around for years and years and years. It just everyone was Ghostface. No matter if you'd seen yeah. the movie or not.
0: For some of our younger listeners who are kind of like they didn't watch WCW at the time, they aren't products of the nineties like we are, so maybe don't remember it. Like I'm thinking back to so I was born in eighty nine and like really the three most important horror movies of my lifetime, like in reverse order from now. I would say get out um, Before that I would say Saw You know regardless of what you think of Saw mm. um, And the legacy it had on uh, Creating the, the torture porn subgenre Which I'm sure is not your cup of tea at all no, Is what you've no. said uh, And scream <laughs> uh, Like we said for that reason that it really revitalised A whole genre um, And you know as we get into this Film now and actually talk about The, the shit that happens and then what we thought of it um one thing I will say like the obvious connection for this to WCW is David Arquette who plays Officer Dewey in this and like pre WCW as the Arquette documentary talks about is like he was a very talked up young actor mm-hmm. um and like you know <sighs> This feels like, I know people, again, it's a very lampooned performance, and we'll talk about a film at the end notable for Mm -hmm. how far they took that. But um, I got to say, it's one of those, as the young people these days say, Lee, David Arquette knew the assignment. Like, he knew what film he was in. And, like, as theatrical and campy as it is at points, and as hammy as he is... I feel like it's pitched perfectly for the film. Oh,
1: like, listen, this isn't the same movie if he's not that character. Mm-hmm. He has to be that kind of... <sighs> he's... what? What's the word I'm trying to think of? He's, um... <sighs> he's not respected by anybody in the movie. Yeah. But he's... He's kind of central to the story as well. It, it's like... Yeah. You, like I said, you couldn't have this movie without him, and yeah, he doesn't steal any scenes.
0: Yeah. I feel in some ways he's like the heart of the movie, you know? Obviously, he's not the main character, but in terms of the fact that, like, everybody dumps on the guy, and, like, essentially he's but just doing his best. I tell you
1: what, and I, I would I 100% maintain this, if you have never seen this movie before and you watch it for the first time, you, would in. 35 minutes, you think, alright, he's the killer.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that is one of the things, like, so the two, the two things I really took away from this movie, Lee, are one, something we will talk about throughout the film and that's, like, the the meta nature mm-hmm. of the film, which I think is, like, to be meta in films and, and TV and stuff is popular oh, now. Oh, but 1996, but it wasn't nearly, Jesus. Yeah. So the fact that, and also there there was, like, a popular thing in the genre that for the most part, these big franchises didn't reference each other. Like, you know, every horror franchise happens in a world where horror movies don't seem to exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the part, like people still to this day say, like, why do all zombie movies happen in worlds where there aren't zombie movies? You know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea, yeah, the idea that um, like this was a franchise that really overtly loves horror movies (laughs) you know like between all the references to like Halloween Halloween and Friday the 13th like even taking wholesale like musical stings from the John Carpenter Halloween score which like is just like one of the most flawless film scores of all time and I will fight anyone who (laughs) says otherwise Um, yeah but, but so between that and then the other thing that you tipped on is that idea that like for if you've never seen this film before there, until, like, the final minutes of this movie, there are a good four-plus, genuine, huge suspects. Mm-hmm. And there are more throughout the film. It's just a couple of them get killed off. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. And, like, again, like, I... Again, the movie is so lampooned, like you said, and so ingrained in my memory, even without having seen it, that, yeah, I know who the killers are. But, yeah, I'm watching it going, I on, am I a mis- Mr. Remembering? Yeah. Because... It's so thick, not even thickly laid on, so cleverly laid on with so many of the characters. Like you said, there's, I'd say, easily four, four main characters that you could say, oh yeah, no, they're, they're, they, it, it is them, isn't it? And you, in spite of knowing, I was still doubting myself going, hang on, no, ma- wait, maybe, am I misremembering? Like, am I confusing with the second one? or? It's just so clever. And the meta stuff, mm. I, yeah. again, totally forgot all the meta stuff in the movie. I yeah. love loved it. I was just like, this yeah. is blowing me away because it's so clever. It was so ahead of it mm-hmm. at the time. Um the kid, what is it, Ron? Um, the movie
0: kids. Oh yeah, Jamie Kennedy's. Jamie Kennedy's character. Kennedy's character. Um yeah. I can't remember his name. Uh let me look it up here while you're talking.
1: He he <laughs> is so central to the way this movie plays out. Yeah. With the whole basis of you know, oh, there, there's rules to a to a horror movie, and there's one scene in particular I absolutely adored. I actually stopped the movie while I was watching it and I just had to sit for a minute because I loved it so much. The uh, vi- yeah. the video store scene.
0: Oh yes, it's, and that is again one of the like this scene can only happen in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's ah, oh, yeah. It's just like it's just a warm, fuzzy blanket of a movie. But I'll tell you what. Let's just um get the hell into this because I'm I'm excited um to talk about the whole thing. Uh, Randy, by the Ramby, way, is Jamie Randy, Kennedy's sorry, character's yes. name. So the opening to this film is one of the most iconic scenes in in like horror movie history, if you ask me. Um, Drew Barrymore. Is alone in the house, and this is like, it's just like an opening salvo that, like, obviously, because her character gets killed brutally, so uh, it's just the it's the inciting incident.
1: And here's the thing: Drew Barrymore was sold as the main actress in this movie.
0: She would have been one of the because again, she's the ET girl. Yes. You know what I mean? So she, like she she, would she be, was on
1: the the marquee like when it came to this movie coming out.
0: She would be one of the big biggest stars in it because like so Friends would have just kicked off, right? Like a Friend year. Friends was ninety four.
1: So it's saying yeah, so two years. Yeah, if it's even into the second season at this point.
0: Yeah, like uh then of the principal cast, you've got like David Arquette, who's kind of one of those up and comers. Mm. He wouldn't have him as like the the big star. Ne- for me. Nev Campbell
1: was in The Craft, which I think was earlier that year.
0: Nev Campbell, who by the way phenomenal oh, in this movie again
1: I, I hate to use the same term again but absolutely
0: blown away by just yeah. oh, unbelievable such a, like I've watched this now that I've watched this movie I'm so jazzed for whatever they're going to do with this fifth one because I just want to be back in this world mm-hmm. again I'm definitely watching like much as it is diminishing returns I'm going watching the other two in the trilogy this week I definitely I think I will end up um, watching
1: them at some point just to kind of finish off the story
0: So this like prologue sets out the tone so well uh, because not only is it like there is it genuinely scary, but it sets out the stall for like the, you know, you get to know the nature of Ghostface and you get to understand the kind of meta stuff we've already talked about because there's the famous, you know, what's your favorite scary Mm -hmm. movie? He rings the house and he's talking to her like that. And immediately you're getting... N- you're uneasy watching it like yeah you know something is gonna happen but you you don't know what and you get the Nightmare on Elm Street reference and the little discussion about that movie mm. which is again for film fans that's really cool um And, you know, her look in that, like, with the jumper and with the, like, the the peroxide blonde perm is, like, it's just, it's iconic. Because, again, it's been lampooned and ripped off so many different times. It's just incredible. Um, And, again, the time capsule nature of it, where she's making jiffy popcorn on the stove. uh, And she talks about how she's going to sit in and watch a video. Remember videos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lee? Um, videos weren't things so,
1: you watched on YouTube
0: yeah <laughs> so it's like it, it sets the tone of the movie and it, it lets you know that this movie is not just a slasher movie of its own but it's also a commentary on the structure of horror and like who better to to lead you through that commentary than, than Wes Craven in fairness um drew barrymore for her part who i think is an actress that gets overlooked a lot because i think you know she's one of those uh you know child actresses turned adult that had a lot of kind of like uh shall we say growing pains in front of the public Mm -hmm. and kind of gets overlooked for her acting chops um i thought she was brilliant in this scene you know as the the incredibly distressed, stalked-upon victim. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really bought, like, the terror in her eyes and the shuddering of her voice. Um, And there's a bit where kind of, like, she thinks she's gotten out of the house away from him, and she's, like, slowly, quietly closing the door behind her. And, like, the pained expression on her face when she makes the noise yeah. of the door closing, hoping that he didn't hear it, is just, God, it's so good. Um, I also love in this scene, like the um. Do you know the moment where the killer is pursuing her, and you think she's going to make it to her parents who are driving home, and they get to the front door just as she comes round the corner, yeah. and that's when Ghostface yeah. gets her, and she just can't call out to them. There's such a near miss. Um and then she's found again in probably imagery that you didn't much care no. for, like brutally murdered and strung Disabelle. up in a tree. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking hell. Like you want to talk about a powerful opening? Like I'm in. I can only. I'm so envious of people who got to see it for the first time in the cinema because I'd say people were just losing their shit mm. for stuff like this.
1: Again, like I, I, can only come back to like um, stuff. I, I kind of recognize. It's like, like I said, Drew Barrymore would have been like a huge name to put in this movie, or yeah. probably, probably the biggest at the time. And to see her yeah. killed off in the opening scene had to be such mm. a a shock to the system that I can only compare it yeah. to the first time anyone watches Game of Thrones. Yeah, and Sean being so central to the movie to the to the mm-hmm. story, and then he's dead.
0: Yeah, you would, like, if you, again, even you take out the marketing stuff you were mentioning, like, if you just go in sight unseen to this film, and you see it, look, it's the E.T. girl. Yeah,
1: but the thing, you don't see big stars in movies killed off yeah. like that before this. Yeah,
0: especially at there was, the time. There was yeah. no
1: You're cameos where people were like, oh, yeah, kill me off in five minutes.
0: You see her, and you say, well, obviously, she must be the main character. You know what I mean? Like, how could it be, you know, she, how are you... She's
1: not the... The kickstart to the story, she is the story. Yeah. Is the way you'd be looking at it. Yeah,
0: but she's essentially just the inciting incident yeah. in this, which is brilliant. But um, she's but she's not, but she's so not then, even that
1: though. When right. you come to the actual story, in the in the yeah. actual arc of the story, she doesn't fucking matter a bit.
0: Yeah, because we then find out the actual inciting yeah. incident is Sydney's mother's murder. With uh, but anyway, yeah. We then meet our heroine, who is like the protagonist of the entire franchise i think she so she's the main character of the first three and i have never seen four but she's like as far as i know she has a bit they're trying to reboot the series so she's in it but they're trying to push her to the side Mm -hmm. kind of um from what i know i could be wrong um, but we meet her and it's a very 90s scene where the boyfriend has snuck in through the window and there's soft guitar music playing as he's trying to get his and she's you know very proper about it and she doesn't necessarily want to go all the way with him um, and between that and the soft music and their haircuts uh, this is just like it's it's peak 90s mm-hmm. and I'm having a great time and that is before I realize that the soft guitar music playing is a slow acoustic rendition of "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Eyes. No, to I lost it. I <laughs> did not realize that. Fuck. Yeah. Um. We then get Sydney arriving at school the following day, and she's finding out about the murder of uh Drew Barrymore, um, and we we are introduced to like her group of friends. Uh, featuring uh her like quote unquote bestie Tatum, played by Rose McGowan. Blonde Rose, there's McGowan. your second, yeah. your second wrestling link because Rose McGowan is a co-star of Ready to Rumble.
1: Holy fuck, yeah, shit. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. I never actually thought of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and she's the Nitro girl. That uh David Arquette gets involved mm-hmm. with in Ready to Rumble. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you had not guessed, we will eventually, when we get to it at the timeline, review Ready to Rumble. Don't you worry about that. Um so yeah, I was like, I completely forgot she was in this, so I was delighted to see that. Um then we get to meet we get to meet Dewey, uh David Arquette, who we mentioned before, and their principal, who I completely forgot, was played by Henry yes. Winkler. <laughs>
1: 90s Henry Winkler had such a career fucking hell
0: so weird because like I always think of the, the Winkler renaissance as being arrested development because mm. like he, him as Barry Zuckerkorn oh, and that is just, just like he's just I,
1: I again when I was watching through that and I didn't know he was going to be in it and I remember yeah. the messaging you going oh my god fucking Henry Winkler's in this and you're like yes yes he is
0: <laughs> yeah so like I completely forgot he was in this And he doesn't quite show it in this scene originally where he's kind of like, um, you know, they're talking to um, they they they're kind of interviewing the students about like what they know about the murder and stuff like that. What you don't see so much in in this first scene with Principal Fonzie is that this character is a crazy man. (laughs) You you see it a lot Mm. later. And we will get into it later, but holy shit Um, We then follow Sydney home uh, Where we get a little bit of backstory on her character But the one thing that, like, it's so Hollywood movie Everyone lives in the most incredible house Oh my god, the houses in this movie Yeah Proper, like, McMansions Every single every one, one of these them. kids is rich And their parents yeah. are never home But they're going to, like, a generic looking high school <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah I, I do love that. That is one of my favorite horror movie tropes like when it's horror involving like teens or kids that like the parents just seem to be just fucked off for the whole movie like they're nowhere to be found even though there's like a crazed mur- like there's a crazed murderer slashing up teens in the community. Yeah. And very early on, Sydney's Sid- dad is like, well I gotta go for work. <laughs> uh, I gotta go away for almost the entire film. Goodbye. <laughs> Especially after, as you learn in this scene, when Sydney is relaxing in her palatial estate, that uh, but a year before the events of this movie on Halloween, um, her mother was brutally raped and murdered. Yeah. Um, I had remembered that she was murdered, but I didn't remember the the rape angle in it as well. I was like, Jesus God, like that's so dark. Um, and this is where we have our first confrontation between Sydney and Ghostface. Um, and I love kind of like even though she is kind of like in peril for a lot of this film, I love something that characterizes Sydney in this is that she takes less of his shit than other people, and is that like he is you know trying to do the stuff that easily spooked Drew Barrymore and she's just calling his yeah. bluff, and he's a bit thrown off by it. Yeah, he's a bit yeah it throws him off his game a little bit. Um. He appears and he's chasing her around the house. The confrontation is so good, like it's really intense. It's really quick. I think it's 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 very well mm-hmm. shot. Um, but again, if it is your first screening of this and you don't have the context of there's an entire franchise where Sydney Prescott is the main character, you genuinely fear that. Well, look, another thing that's great about the Drew Barrymore scene is Drew Barrymore. We thought was the main Lay- character got laid out your mind, so all bets yeah, are yeah. off. All bets are off. We think Nev Campbell is the main character, but like, who the fuck knows now? Um. So, I and I love, but so there's two things about this scene I really, really love. I love the thing with the adjoining doors to lock him out,
1: which is established with when you're introduced to her dad, because mm-hmm. he tries to come into the room and she does the very quickly does the same thing.
0: Yeah, Chekhov's bedroom mm-hmm. door. Um, so that was that was really good, and then Lee, the dial-up internet nine one one call. Yeah, <sighs> remember nineties <90s> internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Yeah, can't um, use the phone because you're on the internet. Yeah, then uh, boyfriend Billy shows up through the window, conveniently right after Ghostface was there. Um, and did you notice a nice horror reference? I didn't. Should I have? Okay, so Billy's name is... Billy's surname is Loomis. Okay. So... um. Like Dexter Loomis. <laughs> yeah, like Dexter Loomis. <laughs> That's not necessarily what they were referencing. <laughs> but both of those things were referencing two iconic horror movie franchises. So one, Dr. Loomis from Halloween... Okay. Donald Pleasance's character, that was like the, uh, was Michael Myers' psychiatrist in in the uh in the asylum, mm-hmm. and that character in and of itself is named after a character from Psycho, Sam Linus. Okay. So it's like it, it's you know it's it's a real it's, it's a name that carries weight in the genre. It's a
1: force bit of meta in in the meta.
0: Yeah, yeah So I, I liked that a lot That was cool uh, It's kind of like It'd been there Done that now In 2021 Because again Like with Dexter Loomis mm. People have Driven that reference Into the fucking ground Um, I loved Uh, Yeah, there's a bit more Dewey here Where they're really Hamming up That like The dude is completely Fucking out of his depth uh, As a police officer And no one Particularly his own sister Rose yeah. McGowan is oh, his sister What a bitch <laughs> Yeah, she does not take him seriously at all and just absolutely owns him in front of everybody uh, in the the police station. Um, So Billy gets arrested because he's the only one on the scene. So the suspicion is that he's the one that's trying to scare her. I think Um, was was the thing that like a cell phone fell out of his pocket or something. Uh, Oh, yeah. So so yes, a big block cell phone fell out of his pocket and it's like oh my god it was you h- he h- gets here's arrested the thing. how would you not have noticed that in his pocket in the first place I know like the thing is the size of a fucking cinder block how were his pants stained I was just gonna say thing, or that, else that you know like, good for him <laughs> <laughs> Um. so the killer calls again while Billy is in jail so even though Billy was our prime suspect at this point, it's like, well, the well, killer, he's in jail, and the killer's calling her. Now, she suspects, well, it couldn't it was either her or Tatum said that maybe he used his one call from jail to scare the shit out of her. Um, But then she's starting to think, she's, she's thinking more about her mother's murder, and it was pinned on a guy called Cotton Weary, played in news footage here by Lee Schreiber, who again shows up to reprise the cotton weary role later um now she's starting to think, you know if it's this easy to frame Billy, did cotton weary do it or was he framed because there are people in the community as Tatum tells her that thinks maybe mm. it wasn't him um she then he gets bailed out uh. Sydney and Billy run into each other in the school and again I I think one of the things she sells really well as an actress in this is that like the PTSD not only of the confrontation with Ghostface but the the stuff with her mother as well like I think she sells that trauma Mm. incredibly well that like When it comes to the end and and time for her to take control of her own narrative and right the wrongs of the past, she does it very well. But I don't think you get that satisfaction in the payoff if it wasn't for this great job earlier. No,
1: that's what you were saying. I think you get the sense that she carries all that with her in every scene. Like it's constantly there in everything Mm -hmm. she does is that kind of like the trauma,
0: like you say, of what happened the year before. Cause then she gets spooked by there's a guy who runs through the school as ghostface. Um and you get to see two <laughs> two students get called to Principal Fonzie's office for being um for doing the ghost yeah, yeah. And Fonzie goes full fucking psycho on them. Mm hmm. To the point where you start to think, is the principal? Yeah, a car?
1: exactly. <laughs> Um, like he talks about slitting them from fucking throat to fucking crotch and he like yeah. fully embraces this whole murder thing think you're like okay th- this guy's a
0: bit fucking off here yeah between uh, like between this and then there's a scene like coming up in a few minutes where Principal Fonzie is like looking at himself in the mirror and like being really weird when no one else is around you start to think okay maybe he knows something um Sydney is in the the bathrooms, and she um she overhears two other girls who are trashing. Uh, so this is more backstory on the mother that you hear that like maybe she was having affairs with various mm-hmm. men around the town. Um, and the sentiment amongst these two horrible girls is that the mother deserved it. Um, and now they're also suspecting that like uh Sydney was so fucked up from what happened that maybe she's the killer, and like. I suppose she's the only person, like of the of, people who points finger at.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say
0: if those mentioned she's the only one that you'd never get the sense is actually Yeah. because she, she's our kind of POV character and mm. you get the suspicion that we would know if she was. She's the only one that you yeah, like you said, you don't doubt for a second. Um so they leave and as she's washing up in the sink, the killer reveals himself as to like he was in one of the toilet stalls standing on the seat and that shot under the screen door of the toilet of like the cape slowly drooping down and the the boots coming off that oh my god it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good that, that's
1: the to me that's like a real tr- like um it's a tease it's that like you say the boots slowly step down become visible and just slow and you're waiting and it's just that weight mm. Yeah, And it's just brilliant It's
0: brilliantly timed It's brilliantly done It's just a great scene Yeah Um. Following this The school is shut And cur- a strict curfew Is enforced uh, On the young people In the town But they almost Immediately decide We're just going to have A big house party At one of the guys' houses And that guy Is played by Matthew Lillard um, it's worth saying as well yeah two of the people that are in the group of friends as well as Rose McGowan and sort of tangentially Dewey is part of the main cast um, you've got Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich as the, the two other guys like uh Billy and uh Billy's mate
1: so as I'm watching the movie I you know decide to peruse the cast and see who's who and what they went on to do so Matthew Lillard I knew straight away he went on to become Shaggy and yeah. And he's he is phenomenal in Twin Peaks season three. I will say. Okay, as well. I didn't know he was in Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. And my instant takeaway is that man has to be fucking minted from the amount of voiceover work he does alone, as Shaggy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Second, Ski Ulrich didn't go on to do much, did he?
0: Uh no. He kind of like he was one of these guys that had a moment. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean. And then i looked
1: up brandy as well um jamie kennedy isn't that his name and again he didn't seem to do too much either
0: so he was like a stand-up who got a few roles like this like he's in um is it road trip he's in he's in one of those gross out comedies as well i i can't remember i remember him uh being on one of the like uh real 90s prank tv shows he had like the Jamie Kennedy experiment ah that's right um, yeah, show, that? yeah yeah which was like until punked came and blew everything yeah, else in that's that right, genre yeah. out of the water at the time that was that was his one um i i was got actually no I'll, I'll get to it when we do the next horror movie reference but uh so after the curfew is enforced they all decide that they're going to um yeah have a house party at Matthew Lillard's house uh, we then are back in the, the school and the principal is getting spooked by noises outside the door when he's trying to be weird and he looks out and he sees the janitor and did you oh, notice yeah, anything yeah. about it's the janitor? It's Freddy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the janitor is dressed as as Fred Krueger. His name um, is also Freddy. Yeah, uh, jumper and hat and all. It's one of the more on-the-nose mm-hmm. references. Uh, then Principal Fonzie is fucking killed to bits. <laughs> So just when you're starting to think, oh, maybe the principal has something to... Nope, Ghostface is there. Absolutely cuts him to ribbons. We should
1: say, he's killed a bit just as he goes full fancy and is fixing his hair in the mirror. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Um, Hey, Lee, I think it's time to hand over to you for your favourite scene in the movie. And this is Jamie Kennedy's start of being the Meta Man. This is the scene in the video store.
1: Yeah, so it's established... I think during one of the school scenes that um, Randy works in the local video store and, you know, he's a big movie geek of the time and, you know, it knows all about his movies and it's Matthew Lillard's character goes to visit because the impression you're given throughout the whole movie is that those two are the best of friends and that um, Billy is kind of the outsider of the tree. He's the kind of the quieter guy and, isn't quite as involved with the, the two of them. And in this scene, um Randy proceeds to lose his goddamn mind when it comes to all the stuff that's about to happen and how does nobody see this stuff coming and he yeah. breaks down every trope in horror yeah. movies, every fucking everything it's just it's just a phenomenal scene. And as he's getting more aggressive and more uh, more exasperated at the whole thing. It's just phenomenal. And, like, everyone is looking
0: at it. I just love it. So this is, like... The 90s was a real moment for... It was the start of the referential movie geek coming to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So this was the generation that saw Richard Linklater, uh, then Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino, people who were not only heavily sin and referential in their movies, but also themselves worked in video stores. Like, famously, uh, both Quentin and Kevin Smith were video store clerks. Um, so, if you're going to do a meta thing about horror movies the most sensible place to do a scene like that or to establish that idea of of media literacy mm-hmm. is in a video store, which is so of the moment. It was, like, it's hard to explain to people now how cool and important a thing the video the store, video was, store yeah. was. Like, I used to... I remember in school, um, when I went to secondary school, and we used to get our hour for lunch... Like we used to spend so much of it in the local video shop, just perusing what was there, like either to rent stuff for the weekend or, you know, when they'd like late VHS era early DVD, when they'd start like knocking down Mm -hmm. the the rental DVDs to buy so that you could like do three for 15 Mm -hmm. quid. And it's like how a lot of us ended up binging so many movies on a shoestring budget back in the day. So, like, of the things that you know, we've both talked about, like, of all the nostalgia in this, I think the video store is the one that gets me right in the heart. Yeah, like I, I can remember, like, we'd say on a Friday night, like, um, it would be, you
1: know, we'd go to Chapwester Extras or whatever it was, yeah, um, or Blockbuster for our American friends, um, and you'd get like, they'd have deals, so they'd have like a new release plus a kids' movie or. A new release plus an older release for fucking four pounds for the weekend or whatever whatever the deal was. And it was literally just families because you'd get one movie for the parents, one movie for the kids, yeah. and then the deal went on to become a new release plus a PlayStation game for the weekend. And you'd it's how it all evolves. And I just remember like it would be every Weekend, I'd say, oh, are we going down to Chapel's? Are we going to we going to Ericsson? are we going to go down and get a movie? Are we get the movie. Are we get, and it is how you get to see so much stuff. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I've mentioned this before, I am not a kid or a person that saw a ton of movies as a kid. There's so many classics I never watched. You'd be yeah. stunned.
0: You'd be stunned that the two of us managed. Oh, to be unbelievable! Friends. Like it's in, in spite of that fact. Um, like you're talking to a guy who here, like literally, if I pan my laptop camera any further left, you'll see the like couple of hundred Blu-rays <laughs> I have here. Um,
1: but it just the video store was. It was a central part of the community because that's yeah. how that's what everyone did. Everyone went and got a movie yeah. at the weekend.
0: Yeah, and as I kind of alluded to. Um, when we then became teenagers or college age, there were so many people I knew that worked in video stores that I actually spent a good bit of social time mm-hmm. in them. Like I used to, my I had like a, a half a dozen buddies that that worked in uh, at the video store right near my house, and I used to like just go in with a newspaper and just hang yeah, out yeah, with them yeah. for a couple of hours. Yeah, of an evening, they'd have some like music on or some movie on, and yeah, it's just like. Yeah. Oh, it really takes me back. Um there's scenes of like um Sydney being stalked around the town then by Ghostface and this really did pop me and it's such a f- movie thing. It's like he's in full Ghostface gear following Sydney around the town but I'm just like motherfucker nobody knows who he is. Like if he wasn't wearing the gear, he could move around completely inconspicuously. You know he is? He's Chris canyon as Mortis. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking That is exactly what I was thinking It's like, no one knows who you are Why are you in, the, in a disguise? You idiot?
1: It's more just wearing a sting mask yeah.
0: Then we get to the house party Which is where the iconic third act In this mm-hmm. film takes place Um, The first iconic uh, part of this Is Tatum's death in the garage When she's going to get the beer and she thinks uh, Ghostface encounters her mm-hmm. in there, and she thinks it's one of the guys joking. And he's doing this slow shake of the head that he's not one of the guys. Um, he grabs her. She drops the beer in slow motion. She's frantically trying to get away from, him, and she gets crushed inside like the cat door of the garage. Like really horrendous yeah. kill. And what's f- what gnarly. what's strange
1: about it is I forgot how long it takes for that kill to be discovered like yeah. that happens and then you forget about it because it's so long yeah. before they actually go back to it but yeah just like like you say it's that again a scene that's been parodied so much
0: yeah Um. we get by the way I should mention we haven't mentioned much about Courtney Cox I was just gonna say that so, actually yeah yeah so Courtney Cox is like the local tabloid TV journalist uh, Gail who is Gail Weathers? Wasn't it currently Gail Weathers? Yeah. I think yeah. Who is currently um in the process of releasing a book about the murder of Sydney's mm-hmm. mother. Um, which puts them at odds with one another. There's a scene very early on where she confronts Sydney after the first few murders, and she punches Courtney Cox in the face, and that's great. And there are a bunch of other reporters. Oh yes, yeah, this I meant to mention during the Freddy Krueger bit. There are a bunch of really obnoxious reporters hounding the teenagers early on, and did you notice who one of them was? No. In an uncredited appearance in this movie, Selma Blair. Really? Not Selma Blair. Sorry, Linda Blair. Oh. Okay. Linda Blair, aka the child from yeah. The Exorcist, Reagan. Yes, she is. She is uncredited as. Uh, obnoxious reporter in this so wes
1: craven got all of his connections into this movie
0: oh yeah it's like it's a who's who you know um so that's a that's a nice little uh blink and you'll miss it cameo there so in full horror movie tradition uh sid and billy get funky Upstairs in one of the rooms they finally go all the way with one another and we have maybe the cringiest line in the film from uh, one of them which is it's all just a movie you just can't pick your genre which <laughs> is just, just like yeah because hadn't they talked about their relationship being PG-13
1: and uh, R-rated yeah. and all this kind of stuff yeah
0: it's all a movie, man. It was just like, that's that that might be one step too far in the referential, cringy. we know we're in a film sort of stuff. Breaking the fourth um, wall. Yeah. I should say, by the way, uh, so there's a feature that I love on a, there's a podcast called The Rewatchables from The Ringer that uh, Bill Simmons does. And he often talks about this idea of casting what ifs mm. and who was nearly who. Uh, do you want to hear who nearly played uh Sydney Prescott and Billy Loomis? Okay, the, the one of couple? the
1: Sydney Prescott ones I know was um
0: Elizabeth Berkeley. Yep. So that was one. The other main one was Molly Ringwald. Really? Yeah. So like it would have been a real star of the eighties, yeah. but obviously like it was Molly Ringwald, and you think about the age she was, just was at the change. time, she maybe pushing 30s it was aged up and the nearly Billy Loomis Ben Affleck no and this would have been like right after Mallrats like maybe a year or two after Mallrats would yeah Mallrats been. would have been so yeah. like this this is right like early Affleck so that would have been crazy like looking back I suppose this. this was
1: a Miramax movie so <laughs>
0: What's crazy is like this whole thing. So I was reading some of the trivia on um, IMDb and this whole like house party thing that is the culmination final act of the film is 42 minutes long. This whole set piece that sprawls out. It's 42 minutes of the film and it took them 21 days to film this whole part of it. Like this whole part of the film. And it became... uh, it became a joke on the cast, and everybody who was part of it got t-shirts at the end saying I survived scene 118. <laughs> <laughs> they called it as uh, according to this, they called it the longest night in horror history. Um yeah, so that's funny. Um, um God, there's actually there's actually some class I, I just want to read two more things that just stuck out to me from uh this this trivia mm. section. Um when Drew Barrymore's parents come home at the start and they find out something is wrong her father tells her mother to go to the Mackenzie's which is the exact same thing that Jamie Lee Curtis told Lindsay and Tommy to do in Halloween when Michael Myers Yeah that that was totally lost on me Yeah and also you were saying that Fonzie is really feeling himself checking his hair in that same scene he opens the closet and his jacket from Happy Days is hanging there (laughs)
1: Love it Love little easter
0: eggs like that Yeah so then we get, um, they, ha- yeah, they, they, um, she loses her virginity, uh, and then we get to make it even more important what just happened, Jamie Kennedy's big scene in the movie explaining the rules of horror, which I think is this, it, it's like, it's, it, it's that and the Drew Barrymore scene at the start mm-hmm. are the, like, the, the top two things you remember from Scream. Yeah, it's
1: all 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 the dis- Just disillusioned so youth sitting around as Randy breaks down exactly how horror movies play out, and yeah. watching along to Halloween.
0: Yeah, so good talking about uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis being the scream mm-hmm. queen. Um, and this is where like they start layering in some of the Carpenter score as well. Um, something that's a really good running bit in this is that, so like Gail infiltrates the party and she leaves a camera in there. But a great gimmick in this is that the feed is running on a 30 second delay, which really layers the tension, you know, because there's a moment where you forget about it and they think Ghostface is in the house and they run in and he's already escaped. And they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Where is he? And that's when the, the cameraman gets ganked. Um... So yeah, he explains the rules, and then Ghostface strikes. And it's, from this point on, it's fucking, like, 100 miles an hour. Oh yeah, Uh,
1: I will say, from the whole moment the movie gets to the house party, you have no idea how it's going
0: to play out. Yeah. And, like, there's people getting killed, you don't know where Ghostface is, you know, um... Gail has a lucky escape, so does well, Sydney because you, she gets a light. You stabbing. don't realize Gale has a lucky escape because you think she's dead. You think she's dead. There's like a a, a little bit of romance possibly uh, with her d- 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 and definitely Dewey. Definitely a bit like of chemistry. She's, she's definitely using him, but also she seems to kind of care about mm. him a little bit. So that's that's interesting. Maybe that'll be referenced uh, in later films. Who knows? Um, and then yeah. Lee, can you remember the first time that you got to the big reveal of this film how much it might have fucked you up (sighs) the first time I can't remember
1: exactly the first time but I do remember it blew my mind I was just like holy shit this is just like and this is where I come back to what I said at the start this is just a fucking good movie With a good story. It just so happens to have a bunch of murders and fucking gore. Yeah. And
0: it's just it's just so entertaining. God, yes.
1: And it's just And when they laid out their motives, especially Billy. Mm -hmm. I was just like, My God, it's so clever. It like And here's the thing you feel when he lays out the reasons of, you know, um, Sydney's mother having an affair with his father and that's why his mother left and that's why he murdered
0: her and framed the other guy and... And Matthew Litter just appears to be, like, a stone-cold psychopath that's just, like, going along yeah. with it because they love horror movies. But the
1: two of them, like, more so Billy is just... He's so cold and it's yeah. instant. He just flips the switch and you just, you're like, why didn't I see it? Why? But like yeah. you said, it's the Matthew Lillard character that is really just fucking yeah. nuts.
0: Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so Ghostface arrives and uh, arrives by stabbing Billy right after her and uh, s- uh, him mm. and Sydney had been intimate. And so you think Billy's dead this whole time. And then Billy reemerges right after Sydney like locks herself back inside the house. He falls down the stairs and then reveals he's covered in corn syrup, corn
1: corn syrup and, and red
0: dye. Yeah, and then it's him and Matthew Lillard, yeah, but basically explaining like what it seems to be is that like they're mates, but like Billy strung Matthew Litter's character along because he was crazy and would just do this stuff for. Because Matthew Litter goes on this big speech about how. It's always scarier in the movies when there's no reason for why the murders are mm-hmm. happening, which is true. It's a, it's a true thing in horror that, like, when you can't explain away everything, that's what makes it scarier. Um, but then, like, he's interrupted by Billy because Billy is so close to achieving what he wanted, but the facade drops, even with yeah. Lillard. And he's just like, no, I did it for revenge. And Mm -hmm. that's when the disagreement begins as they're explaining their plan and they're like, we're going to frame it so that it was your dad that did it and finished off by killing you and shooting himself and we're going to be the only two survivors to tell the story. And so they are going to make it look like really plausibly they escaped by stabbing each other in kind of non-lethal areas. But Billy gets a bit carried away. They both get a bit carried away at one point and yeah, yeah, it's... Because they're, they're having a row. Like, Matthew Lillard is, like, really annoyed that, like, he obviously is figuring out he hadn't been let in on the real reason they mm-hmm. were doing it. And Billy is just like, this is my chance to get rid of this fucking psychopaths, yeah. <laughs> kind of, like. So, yeah, they go a bit mad killing each other. And then you get, like, your final kind of... Um... Oh, also, I should say, like, it's absolutely genius that there was two of them. Because, again, throughout the whole movie the main thing that was making you doubt was it this person, was it that person? Because you were like, well, th- they can't be in two places it, it, at he, once. There are multiple things. He's where...
1: omnipresent. Ghostface is omni yeah. He's always there.
0: It almost like it gives him a supernatural yes. quality to the point where like, as you said, Lee, when it's revealed, it's the two of them. You're just like, how did I not see it? You know, it makes so much sense when they do it. And that's the best. And kind you know reveal.
1: what? It, it's after, again, after I, I thought about the movie afterwards, and it's like, you know, Billy is there. The first time Ghostface shows up in Sydney's house. Um, yeah. The day after Drew Barrymore's character is killed when they're at the school, Matthew Lillard is mm. the one who explains the disemboweling and how you do it. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. Makes so much sense. It's all oh, it's just so good. When you rewatch the movie everything you're just like how did Mm. i not see it and again that's just a sign of the quality of the writing but um so gail comes in and she nearly saves the day so they reveal that um sydney's father who had been seen back around the town which made you think maybe it was the father and he had never really left town in Mm -hmm. the first place and that he had killed the wife and now was going to kill the daughter he's revealed to be a hostage of billy and matthew lillard who are the real killers um. so Gail comes in and she tries to save the day with the gun that uh they had left on the counter unattended but the safety is on so uh Billy manages to wrestle her to the ground but in the fracas Sydney and her dad escape and this is the bit where if I had been watching it in the cinema at the time this is where I'm fist pumping this is the moment where like uh, in Aliens where Ridley fucking gets into the the, the fucking lifter mm. suit and starts fucking up the the xenomorph mm-hmm. where you're just like fucking yeah Sydney because uh, they're like where is she where is she the phone rings and uh, Matthew Lillard who is bleeding to death as this is happening is gets on the phone and it's Sydney with the voice box they'd been using and now she is psyching them out and she's like where am I in the house, and they start losing their patience with each other and they start panicking because she says she's called the police. And they're the all, I love, I love Matthew Lillard's.
1: Oh man, my parents are gonna be so pissed!
0: Yeah, so good, so good. And then, um, Billy is stalking, and he hears a noise from inside the like the door under the stairs. He opens it, and Sydney, who, who had put on the ghost face costume, springs out. And puts the point of an umbrella through his chest. And it's... Oh, it's so fucked. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: so of all the deaths in the movie, you're like, fuck, that's violent. <laughs>
0: yeah. He he hulks up then and he's just about to, like, either break her neck or stab her. She's Sydney's about to die when finally Gail figures out the gun and blows him mm-hmm. away uh, with it. And... Jamie Kennedy reemerges scares the shit out of all of them. <laughs> um and he says in the last meta thing in the movie this is the bit where the killer uh rises up for one more scare. He rises up. Fucking... Sydney. <laughs> yeah, boom. Kill shot. Fucking kill shot right in the center of the forehead and just in the most like badass line in the movie goes, "Not in my movie." And it's like, "Yes, yeah, Sydney. You fucking did it." Um and that's effectively the the end of the movie. Um holy shit Lee, I had we came up with this idea on the fly because we were mm-hmm. like we're too busy to do like the rigorous noting for um an episode of Thunder and we really have wanted to do a Halloween mm-hmm. special like we wanted to do one last year and had no good ideas. Um so this kind of for something that came together at the last moment I had a rockin' good time I, I watching genuinely
1: this. did not expect to enjoy the movie as much as I did re watching it. Um, I yeah. forgot. Like I said, I've said no times. It's just a damn good movie. It it really is yeah. just a fucking good movie, and I hate. And maybe this is something for you to bring up because you rewatch it recently. I hate that this movie yeah. has been parodied to death so much that it now feels insignificant. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So the real one of the legacies for our age group of this movie is a, a film franchise and genre of parody movie that started in the years immediately following the scream trilogy and that is the scary movie franchise and they're i think the first ones anyway are all on mm-hmm. netflix now so i decided i was gonna stick on scary movie because i remember being a bit maybe 13 when that first one came out. And that's kind of the level of humour at that time, who it's mm-hmm. pitched at. And I remember thinking, like, it was yeah, I got a few yucks out of it at the time. So I was like, I wonder what this is like now. Now that I love horror a lot more and I'm pickier about comedy, like, you know what I mean? Uh, now that I'm, like, many more years into my film-watching history, and holy shit, Lee, you want to talk about, like for every bit that scream holds up scary movie doesn't it is fucking abysmal in 2021 like it's so bad and i feel bad because like there's a couple of actors who pop up in it that i really like like i like anna faris i think she's quite funny but oh my god it's so Mm -hmm. bad and there are so many like again of the time yada 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 but there are so many jokes that, like, if you made that in a film in 2021, my God, you would never work yeah, again. No, I, so, like...
1: <laughs> again, I like I said, I'm that bit older than you. They would have been movies that I watched when they came out. You know, would have been watching sequels, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They would have been movies that friends would have quoted to each other. You know, we would have had great laughs. At. Yeah. When you told me you would re it, I was like, oh, man, I don't think this is will have held up and the first thing you said was you want to talk about a movie that doesn't hold up and you know I think the Wayne brothers were heavily involved weren't they yeah
0: yeah yeah, there's two I mean look and it's by the like I think it's produced by the guys who made fucking Aeroplane is it really like which is like you want to talk about a fall from Grace like Um, like I like the Waynes Brothers, but... I mean... It's not their no, finest
1: era. It's really not. Um, I just... I'd, I'd hate to go back and watch it because... I remember enjoying it at the time. And that's not to excuse anything that may or may not be said in the movie. That just, like you said, you couldn't possibly say no. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I. it's something I will probably never watch and should probably not be on fucking netflix
0: to be honest no it's dreadful um it really like truly put a bad taste in my mouth it's like no wonder it took me much longer to get back to scream
1: like i know they really really lay into david
0: Arquette in the yeah like they really go above and beyond because like they make doofy and there's so many like because it is like it's very Eugene. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way. In the wrestling parlance, they go far. Don't too they? Far. Don't they make Billy and um,
1: oh, what was Matthew Lillard's character? I literally just forgot. Uh,
0: let me, because I've just been calling him Matthew Lillard <laughs> the whole time because he's the one that I can't unsee I know, as know, Matthew I'm Lillard. Saying, um, uh, let me just have a look while you're talking there.
1: It's like don't they make those characters into gay lovers, and that's the reason they do it.
0: So, one of them, um, one of them, his thing is that he's like closeted and doesn't yeah. know it. There's a lot of gay panic jokes, and the other one, he's crazy because he's got a baby dick.
1: <sighs> yeah, like it's. I just remember it. Just yeah, it's that. Like there, like there you go. That.
0: Stewart, Stewart, Matthew Lillard's there name. You is go. We haven't
1: even mentioned because that, that would I remember, I remember that we haven't even mentioned his name. He's just been Matthew Lillard for the whole show. That yeah, was, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I just remember like the whole reasons for them to do it was dumb, and like you said, there, mm. there prob- there is good people in the movies. It's just it's very much
0: not to excuse it, but it's something we've said on the show.
1: No. It's of the time.
0: Yeah, but even, apparently, like, you need know, to take that stuff out. it It is yeah. just bad as well. Do you know what I mean? It's not just because of that. That's definitely a big reason I don't like it now. But, like, it's just bad. It is quite bad. I I will say, I was, uh, like, and you know me, I've watched some absolute dog shit films Slacks. in my daily. Do you know what I mean? I was just talking about bad <laughs> horror movies at the start of this show. Slacks. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I couldn't watch this whole thing. I turned it off after about 35 Actually, minutes. You know,
1: that's funny. There's like five of them.
0: Yeah, there's oh, there's loads of them, and then they spun off into like epic movie and superhero movie and things like that. Like it was, was the whole like genre. An, another of, teen like, movie and yeah, not another teen movie. Like I, I, other people have said that like that, not that it holds up, but that like it's not as like, egregiously unfunny, wasn't, wasn't, like, not, violent. Not another
1: game like, movie. Wasn't that the one that took the piss out of um,
0: Girl Intentions a lot? I think so. Um, I'll but, like, I would describe Scary Movie now in 2021 as violently unfunny. <laughs> like, that's, it was, I like, offended me. It was so unfunny. Um... But yeah, it's just, oh God, it was so bad. Like, I, I absolutely turned it off. I will admit, I think there was like, I can't even remember them. There were like two jokes in the 35 minutes that were so dumb, I kind of laughed. And usually they were Anna Faris deadpan ones from what I remember. Um, But yeah, take that for, for what it will. Lee, um, your overall thoughts on the film and your winners and losers <laughs> of the film.
1: <laughs> um, Overall thoughts. Genuinely, a fantastic movie. I don't care, like it, like I said, I'm not a horror fan. I'm not a slasher fan. I'm not whatever you want to um, describe this movie as.
0: <laughs> you name it. And yeah, like, a fan uh, it. well, I say that Louis <laughs>
1: Piccoli is on the TV bleeding a gusher as I'm talking to you. So you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no God, like if you haven't watched this movie and all you remember is the parodies, go watch the movie. Enjoy it it's, it's so much better. So much better. The it, it, it really yeah. is. And like I said, I went in with prejudice prejudices in my mind about the movie and oh god, it's gonna be dumb. But genuinely, I was doubting what I know about this movie in my head by fucking 20 minutes in because I was going, oh, maybe I'm yeah. wrong, like maybe I got this part wrong. Um, yeah, go watch it. Genuinely brilliant. Um, winners and
0: losers. Nev Campbell is fucking phenomenal in this movie. I came away from this going like, I know she was in like, like you said, mm. The Craft and stuff like that, but I'm just like, how was she not an even bigger? And deal? she
1: looks, and I mean this in a complimentary right? way. She looks young, like really young in this. Like I don't even know what age she was at this yeah. point. Uh, um, Nev Campbell, fucking phenomenal. Just a, her character again. I think her character is the biggest winner because she comes off by the end like you know she's the first person to doubt the killers and you know play them at their own game and she has like you said that badass line she she would have been 23 like and she's phenomenal um yeah yeah, Nev campbell sydney absolute winners um i loved randy i just thought he's a great character and central to Mm. the story um Matthew Lillard, like you say, he just becomes
0: unhinged by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he's so believable. Yeah. Like, I'm sure his bank account doesn't agree with us because it's provided him a very comfortable life. But Shaggy really typecast him Mm -hmm. in people's eyes as he's only that kind of guy. But like, between rewatching this and like I said earlier, watching season three of Twin Peaks like a few months ago, I'm like, this guy is a much better actor than I ever gave him credit for.
1: And again, he would have been, I'm you know. assuming, fairly young at this point.
0: Yeah. It'd have to, probably around the same age, um, I would say.
1: And again, on the movie, like a general thing, again, not Mr. Horror, you have pointed out a couple of Easter eggs in this movie. I'm guessing for horror mm. fans, it's just such a treasure trove of stuff like that. That again, like. Yeah. Fucking fair play to Wes Craven because again he took a genre that was dead on its arse to being mm. one of the highest grossing movie. I think I think I read somewhere it grossed like a hundred million US dollars by the end of its run.
0: Which yeah, I think it was like the highest grossing uh, horror movie in that age bracket until that it reboot really? a few years ago.
1: Well, that, yeah,
0: that, that's some wrong when you think about it. Like, yeah, like that's that's like, 20 years, you know? Um,
1: but, yeah, what what did you think of
0: it? Uh, look, I loved it to bits. Like you said, for the horror fan in there, it's so nice because I think if you're a fan of the genre, I feel like you're used to when... Uh, stuff that comments on horror is usually more kind of, especially at the time, would be more condescending or more of a parody like scary movie or whatever. So when you get something that comes along, one, made by one of the masters and originators mm. of horror movies and slasher movies, but two, something that has such an earnest love and appreciation for the same films you do and comes along in that time as we discussed where like the video store clerk was the gatekeeper of pop culture. I, I think you're you're hitting, you're ticking a lot of Dave Ryan hmm. boxes here for a movie of this time. I absolutely loved it. It's one where, like I said, that, that Blu-ray shelf of mine may be getting a Scream-shaped edition soon. Um, it's one that is notable by its absence oh, on oh, my shelf now that I've re it. I was just going to say,
1: I'm surprised you don't have the box set.
0: It's one that I, I, I probably haven't revisited it since I was in college originally. And that feels like a real oversight. I think this is going to be in the Halloween rotation. I was just going to say, it's uh, probably something that suffered from the parodies in your mind without, without you realizing. Yeah. yeah, so I'm kind of excited. Like part of me was like, yeah, I wa-, like I said earlier, I want to rewatch the other two in the trilogy this week. And then part of me was like, should I save it? Because. Again, we're going to, every Halloween for the rest of the run of this podcast, do mm. another one in the franchise. And Lord knows by the time we get to the end, there will probably be two more <laughs> Scream movies if this one in 2022 goes goes well. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if I want to save it a whole year. I don't know if I can wait a whole year because I actually left that film rewatched the other night by going, I actually want yeah. more. And that's so rare with a horror movie. It's so rare nowadays because the the movies are so obsessed with explaining everything and doing everything and throwing the whole lot on a wall to see what sticks. But this proper left me going, I want more of these characters. I want more of this world. And particularly, I want more Nev Campbell because she's fucking awesome, Um, man.
1: I'm genuine about whether it's this year or next year. I'm looking forward to watching the second one again because... Like that, yeah. I think I know how it goes. But, again, yeah. it's so jumbled in my mind with all the parodies and stuff like that that I yeah. might be wrong. And I'm going to be able to sit back and watch it and enjoy it and hope it's as good as the, as the first yeah. was.
0: Part of me feels like next year, for Scream mm-hmm. 2, we should get together in a room with some beers and watch it and just stick the recorder in front of us afterwards because, like this feels like a movie like a series that is better enjoyed with people as much as I enjoyed it on my own but look that's a whole year away we'll figure that shit out (laughs) who knows where we'll be in a year exactly right Uh, let's draw a close to this uh, special Days of Thunder at the movies Halloween special we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did we really hope that you watched it back because lord knows this is better than like the last six months of Thunder combined probably um We'll be back in two weeks with the uh, as advertised TRL episode one, which we're both Mm -hmm. very much looking forward to. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Until then, ladies and gentlemen, look after yourselves. Happy Halloween. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for downloading another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder is produced by Lee Malone and edited by myself, Dave Ryan, and available every second Thursday night wherever good podcasts are sold. You can follow Days of Thunder on Twitter or Instagram, where we love to hear from our listeners about all things wrestling and beer. We're at WCW ThunderPod on both platforms. I'm at the Day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. This has been a production of the PWOM Podcast Network. Subscribe there for a veritable feast of podcasting content from wrestling of the past like the Worldcast through the years in the International House of Combat to wrestling of the present with Boom Goes the Dynamite and Strong Style Story and something a little bit different with Gideon Guys, Yours, Mine and the Truth and Busting Balls. Subscribe now, you won't be disappointed. Thanks. I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart